Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DS. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. I'm your host, X-Pac. <laughs> Joining us a little bit later on, honored to be joined by... The new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega. Yeah, looking forward to that. Actually, we already did it. We're going to play it out of order. <laughs> secrets. Secrets, guys. I don't care. I'm not afraid to tell all the secrets. He just always lets it be. Yeah. But, um, I, so, but first, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, a few things. And one of them is pretty sad. And uh, that's the death of the... Uh, Greatest big man ever, as far as like super heavyweights go, mm-hmm. uh, Leon White, aka Big Van Vader, and um, wow, really sucks. I imagine you probably had some a uh, number of experiences with him. Sure, yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. I, I knew Leon, and uh, you know, uh, and he, I'm just going to talk about. Uh, uh, Leon, when he first started, he went to uh, he went to Brad Rangan's wrestling school in Minnesota and started out in AWA, mm-hmm. and uh, he was right up there alley as far as like you know uh, somebody. They, I mean, he wasn't an amateur wrestler, but he had that you know real yeah. you know legitimate like sports background. That and just the fact that you know he had a legitimate background and like a world class athlete. NFL and uh, you know he was he would have been like one of the top draft picks if he wouldn't have torn his his uh, I think he torn his ACL yeah he was a dominant football player yeah yeah Yeah, and uh, and that and I my first memories of of Leon were as bull power like baby like baby bull wow Leon White and and he was he like my first time seeing him was when AWA was doing their TV out of Las Vegas at the Showboat Arena. And, you know, obviously he was really, uh, really new and really green, but you could just tell, oh, my God, you know. Uh, and and he did, he had that baby face when he didn't have facial hair and all that. Sure. Yeah. So, like, he figured out, okay, it was a good idea, maybe grow a beard and, you know, get a funny haircut and everything. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. Uh, so, like, then the next thing I know is, as uh, I'm reading about him in, in the Observer, back when you know that was all you like, there was the Observer and publication, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Leon was, you know, he, outside of like WWF and and WCW, like he was a re- he was a guy that was a world champion uh, in in Japan, mm-hmm. Europe, and North America, uh, specifically uh, Mexico, yep. all at the same time. 
He was he he was that good, and uh, um, I, I think he won the the CWA World Title from Otto Vance, or it might have been Rambo. I can't remember. It doesn't matter who he won it from. Just that he was a champ. He was thought of like highly enough to where he was world champion for three different companies at the same time and three times in japan yeah i mean yes. that's you talk about international star and i don't know if if you ever saw his debut as vader in japan Mm-mm. it was against anoki oh my god and it was just like he just came in and went behind anoki and just <laughs> german suplexed him well it was like a kind of jar he didn't have the bridge but yeah you know i mean right out of his shoes right on his head and uh and like that was it. Leon or Inoki was out, and and if Inoki was down selling for you like that, the last time you ever sold for anyone like that was Hogan, mm-hmm. when Hogan hit him with the axe bomber, like and and he was out cold. I don't know if you ever saw any of that stuff, but some of Inoki stuff, yeah, yeah. But anyways, Inoki um, or uh, Vader was just he was he was the man, like he said, and uh, uh, you know people talk about. About Leon and and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, and and Bam Bam was technically a little bit better in the ring, and he wasn't like he was the guy that uh, you could go out there and work with, him, you wouldn't feel a thing, and he looked like he was wow. Uh, for the most part, looked like he was hurt hurting you, but uh, also there was some things about Bam Bam's work where you could see that it was kind of light, and uh, and Leon's. Leon was, you know, he was a lot more hard hitting, and you know he'd hurt guys every once in a while, and you know mainly just rough the guy up. And like I'm all I'm, me personally, I don't have a problem with that. Like you don't, you're not crippling somebody. Uh, I, uh, that's just me. I never minded like getting beat up like that. Uh, I think that Leon was a much bigger draw because he had that. He's gonna go out there and hurt somebody, you know. Reputation and just that aura about him, you know, he, you know. You, he was hurting guys sometimes, and it looked like he was hurting guys all the time. Yeah, and the stuff he did too. You know, obviously he was a quote big man. Yeah, he was an athlete first, and yes. for six foot four, three hundred and seventy pounds to do the stuff that he did is unreal. Yeah. And also, he could go like and go and go. You never saw Leon blow up in the ring very often. I, at least I can I can say I've never seen it, never. Uh, it was, yeah, uh, and and it might have had something to do with the fact that he lived at like eight thousand foot elevation and could be the Rocky Mountains or something. But um, I'm sure that had a little something to do with it. it makes but, a lot of sense. But even still, like you know, a guy that that big, being able to do the things that he did and and just you know, like guys half his size couldn't couldn't hang with him a lot of the time. Yeah, you know. Um, and and my experiences with Leon were always pleasant. Like I've seen him be a little bit cranky, like to say the least at times. But like when you're a guy like that, and like like his size and like the like the health issues he had to deal with at, at you know after a certain point, man, it makes you a bit grouchy, yeah. you know. And and Lord knows, like I've I've been at least as grouchy as I've ever witnessed him being. So, um, and and he really was actually a really wonderful guy and uh in a in you know toward the end there um you know he talked about you know his health issues and 
and uh, and he was actively campaigning to be in the Hall of Fame. And it's really sad to me looking back now that I, you know, yeah. you know that he wasn't uh, inducted while he was alive. That makes me really sad to think about that. Um, you know, people, you know, we never think. It's just another one of those cases where you go, you know, there's always next year. But there isn't always next year. Unfortunately with him, we knew he was having health issues. None of us knew the extent because he was keeping it fairly close to the hip. Yeah. You know, he had pneumonia, but he also has battled leukemia. And look, once you get diagnosed with congestive heart failure, you're somewhat on borrowed time. It just depends on how yeah. bad it is. And for him, his body had been through so much. Yeah. So. So anyways, uh, you know, obviously condolences and, and that for for his family, for his son, Jesse. Very cool guy, Jesse. I don't know if you'd ever met Jesse mm-hmm. White. Uh, I met him in FCW before it was NXT down in Tampa. And uh, um, anyways, sincerest condolences. He'll be missed. And my heart. Obviously, wrestling is immensely better because of everything he did. Yeah. So um, moving on, uh, what do we have? Well, we have some big news. Big Cass was released by the WWE. You know, there wasn't very many details given. No reports, really, other than he was fired. Vince McMahon called a private meeting in SmackDown in Toledo, and they released him. Yeah. I, I'm uh, Just based on, like, the one incident that everybody knows about, you know, with him beating up the, the little guy after they told him just, you know, and he was going against the direct order, uh, I that put him in the doghouse, and obviously, like when you're in that, when you're in the doghouse, it's easy for it's easy to get a really bad attitude, hmm. really easy, uh, and that goes for any like for anyone. Like it's it's so important to maintain a positive attitude when you're going through uh, that type of thing. And um, so, like I've read some stuff. Okay, there was an incident on a bus over in uh, in Europe where he knocked the door off the the bathroom uh so you know maybe somebody locked him in maybe the door was just you know who Do you knows think that maybe it was a culmination of a bunch of different things because i know there's rumors that well i don't know how what the truth is to these rumors but there yeah. are rumors on the internet saying that there's alcohol involved yes he wasn't popular backstage amongst the guys you know he's a very outspoken trump supporter which you know everybody's granted their own political opinions and whatnot but apparently he was very very outspoken which i'm sure might have irked some people obviously so i don't know if this was just a combination of different things or if it was uh, something specific that triggered th- this outcome yeah i think it's just like you know the things i read just i okay yeah it was time to go even before like any kind of uh any kind of like you know public intoxication whatever whatever the whatever happened okay that all just kind of you know uh was the straw that broke the camel's back type of thing here's the thing uh the the uh open market for uh for wrestlers professional wrestlers is is a fairly healthy market and i think he's going to do fine once he gets out on that market I mean, we're going to talk to, you know, the IWGP heavyweight champion in just a little bit. And, uh, you know, maybe that's an option for him as well. And 
I, I don't think it was in ring performance. In, in my opinion, I enjoyed the character that Big Cass had become, and I enjoyed him on the microphone, and I thought him and Daniel Bryan put some great matches together. So, like you said, it has to be something else. Sure. To be that abrupt. And I can, I can see a, a you know, a Big Cass and Enzo Amore reunion on the Independence happening. <laughs> I can see it. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think there might be a little friction between the two. I'm not 100 percent sure, but like. You know, you if can, there is, Enzo will say it in a rap song. So yeah, <laughs> but if there's friction, it can easily be put aside to make some money. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, okay, yeah. I honestly it seems like it was time to go. It Who would really have thought does. Carmella would be the only one left you out know, of the three? That's what everyone's talking about. When she was put with them, everyone's like, "Oh, why is she with them? Enzo's the star, or like Kaz is the star. And now she's the proven that she's the star. She's the yeah. champ. Yeah, it's so, crushing it." Uh, I, Big Cass will come out okay on this. He, he if he doesn't, if he chooses a different path, he definitely has the looks to be an actor. And I heard he can sing fantastically. He's got that seven foot look. He can well, definitely look, play the James Bond bad guy. They always say if you want to go the Hollywood route, you got to be typecast first. Well, there aren't many seven footers who have his look, so he can be typecast in a number of things if he wanted to go that route. So, hmm. well, I don't know. Any, we'll any other thoughts on Big Cass? Well, I just can't wait for the details to come out, honestly. I know it's kind of sad to say, oh, I can't wait for the details to come out, but I am very curious at what caused this abrupt decision. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move move on to other things here. What do we have? Well, we also had Money in the Bank this week and NXT TakeOver, so it was a very impactful night of wrestling. What were your guys' thoughts? I'm going to go and I'm going to – let's talk about NXT. Boom. Because, honestly – that's the mat. That's the show of, of the two shows that I paid the most attention to from top to bottom, and uh, uh, the, the opener, the tag match, Orny. Lo- lo- I'm gonna have a hard it's time. It's hard spit. to Help say out there. It's hard to say. Say it for me. Orny Lorkin. Yeah, yeah, and and Dan, Dan, Danny, Danny Birch. Birch. Yes, against the uh, undisputed era, mm-hmm. and wow, that was a hell of an opener. Right? Yeah, the crowd was super into it. It was very solid, very fat, fast-paced, hard-hitting. And I feel like I feel like Oni Lorcan shined. I, out of all of them, they all did great. Yes. But I feel like I was noticing him a yes. lot more where I was like, wow, like why haven't I given much more love to this guy? This guy is great. Because he's not flashy. True. They talk about the revival being throwbacks. So are Lorcan and Birch. They are complete throwbacks, and they're awesome. And I really enjoyed the, the finish going into that. And, and, you know, those guys won, but, uh, you know... Or, those guys undisputed error one but man the uh birch and, and Lur- Lorcan, Lorcan yeah came out looking pretty damn good <laughs> yes, they, they got a standing o yeah. at the end of the match and at, yeah. that being the opening match i'm sure everyone thought like how is the rest of the show gonna follow this and then the next match is ricochet versus dream yeah and it just it seemed like every match on nxt just got better it, they mm-hmm. always do I, I mean, it's as general rule I've noticed, and I said this to to uh, to Triple H. I'm like every NXT takeover you guys do follows or tops the one before it, and every match on NXT takeover follows or tops the one before it. That's a general rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go and find exceptions to that if you want to nitpick what I'm saying right now. Uh, but generally speaking, that's the case, and that's amazing. And you feel the love from the entire arena. There's no beach balls. There's no stupid chants. There's no waves. They are in it from start to finish, and they should be. And uh, okay, so 
uh, Ricochet and, and Velveteen Dream. Just the entrance alone. Dream's gear coming out dressed like Hogan with yeah. Prince Puma style pants and then the Hogan Rock situation with the two of them in their stare down in the ring. Everything was great. Yeah. Can't believe that this is their only first encounter and how mm-hmm. amazing it was. And I hope this is a, a, a long feud that we see. And it was an excellent match. And uh, I, have w- I have one issue with it. Okay. It was the Bandera spot they did. Because I hate that goddamn spot. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Which Where part? the guy's on the far corner, mm-hmm. and the guy just, okay, he lines himself up and comes charging and takes the little backdrop over and lands on his feet on the apron. Right. Gee, never saw that coming a thousand miles away. Can we, like, tighten that up? Please, everyone. That's my only complaint about that. It was the only thing that brought me out of it a little bit. Sure. And, I, and I'm, I'm not sure if you know what spot I'm talking about. It was fairly early in the match. It's just very showy. When, yeah, when it's not it just took it out, uh, out. It took me out of it a little bit because I was really caught up in it. And mind you, they got me back quick. Mm-hmm. But that one little thing, everyone, like that are actually pro wrestlers listening to this right now, those little things, man. Yeah, they make they make a huge difference. And I hate the I I I, I hate to be critical of that match because it was so good. Because and that that was my only only point in that match where I was like, eh. What would you have done differently? I wouldn't have done it. Okay. Yeah, just taking it out yeah. altogether. Yes. The whole fucking, excuse my, uh, the whole bandera thing usually looks bullshit anyways. Is that in your, like, tackle drop-down category? Kind now? of, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's so routine looking. It looks like a compulsory, like it's supposed to be compulsory. Like, got to do one of these in the match. Right. No, you don't. There's other ways of getting shit done. Always. So, anyways, God, I hate I hated to say that about that match because it was so good. The rest of it was great, and look, Velveteen, yes. it's, it's hard to believe the guy was born in 1995. I think within two years he's going to be world champion, whether it's at NXT or on the main roster. I think he's that good. He's that captivating. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what else? Well, we also had Nikki Cross and Shayna Baszler. What Oof. did you guys think of that? I- yes. Okay, <laughs> Nikki. Okay, look. After after Dream and uh, Ricochet, I was like, boy, this next match is a really tough spot. Mm-hmm. They followed it. Those ladies are great, man. They did a great job. They they brought it in another direction, like 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 needed like it like that spot needed, and and the people were there, and um, and the match it was an excellent match. It really was, and both of those ladies, yeah, you know, hands up to both of them. I mean, Shayna has come leaps and bounds and she's such a great champ right now and such a great heel but nikki cross man i'm finally glad she's in a main event spot i think they missed a chance to have sanity hold all of the titles at one point in nxt i think that could have definitely happened but nikki cross is such a great performer man and that was really fun her smiling as she's getting choked out oh yeah. man come on i liked that she started off with the mind games because i thought that it mm-hmm. played well really well with the story and it, you know for me i think it's always great when you know you ask people because i watched nxt like a day after and i went on and i was like hey guys what should i be excited about and one of the first things that people were like it's the women yes. you know and that's really great to hear so i was like okay great i'm looking forward to this yeah, yeah. i wish they would have did the arm lift they need to bring back the arm like, lift. Yeah, I was surprised. The three arm lift. Because, oh, she's out? Oh, okay, the ref says she's out. She's out. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. You're not going to check to see if she's out? That was my That would have just, yeah. Add and I love Shayna's gear. Shayna's gear was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it a they lot. just, uh, I, I think, uh, do they do the three 
they don't do it anymore. They don't. That's why it's. Yeah, and I get it though. The thing is, Jimbo is like we kind of know now because of MMA. That's not how you do it. Mm. So we got like the pe- like the people that have adjusted to MMA being a thing now. Uh, the people have, that have adjusted their in ring style to that are the ones that are doing much better now, I think. And that's the type of thing. Like, yeah, it was great. It it created a lot of drama. The check the arm, thing. but it just doesn't. It's not how we do it. Sure. If somebody's choked out, they're choked out. And uh, yeah, but okay. What next? Alistair Black, Lars Sullivan. I thought that was really good. I yes. I love Alistair Black. I can never get enough of Alistair. It was a re- it was so good. Mm-hmm. I can um, I, I, I some like I I forget was it cage side seats or somebody like oh there was the spot this botched spot in the match. I didn't see it that way. It wasn't like this big botched spot. Like did did. Did he, I think did he miss? He missed the the fade to black kick. Yeah, which was the ending of the match, and it was so crucial, and it was just a really bad camera angle. And I think what made it worse was that Lars bumped off it. So like he whiffs the kick, and he turns all the way around, and you see Alistair kind of like push him, like you're supposed to fall, and then he falls, and then you could see them talk like, "Well, what do we do? Just do it again." So they just did it again. I think they did a good job of it. Sure. Yeah. But the camera cut makes it. L- like, they did a good job because the first take was like, oh, he didn't even touch him. But the camera cut of it makes okay. it look like he kind of connected. Hey, things happen. Yes. And if, like, okay. And I know, like, some people, like, they're always just going to go with that way of reporting things. Like, you know, let's focus on this botch instead of, like, how great the, the actual whole match was. Entire, yeah. Ugh. And you know more than anyone, professional wrestling is a game of centimeters. I mean, nothing's perfect. And the way they did it, that match, it didn't take me out of and it at all. Me neither. And, okay, look, do you remember Ali? Well, we weren't alive then, but Ali Liston from Clueston, Maine, the mm-hmm. Phantom Punch. Yeah. Like, you know, that, okay, so. It could have hit him. Yeah, things happen. Yeah. So. And then. I don't know if that was that great of a. <laughs> Thing to compare it to, but <laughs> it's a fun comparison. I'm trying, yeah. <laughs> it's a fun comparison. <laughs> Chicago Street Fight went to uh, boy, oh boy, I think of almost a full 40 minutes. And just when we think, how can they top their last one? Like you said, they god almighty, they sure. managed to do it. I forgot, like, the, okay, that match that like because I watched things out of order a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm like, when as soon as uh. You know, Black and, and Lars Sullivan match was over. I was thinking that was the end of the show, and that was the main event. Mm. And I was like, okay, that was just fine. If that was the main event, I would have been happy with that. Oh. I really would have. Uh, and, and then, okay, those guys went off, you know, went out there. Uh, and, hey, I, they topped their last one. Yeah. And just the finish was just like, what the, f-? you know? Yeah. I think the finish was the part that I was like, you know, usually you see the finish coming at times, yeah. you know, and this one was just so out of the blue where, you know, you have Johnny Gargano dominating and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Tommaso Ciampa and then just like, it was crazy. Yeah. But one of my favorite parts about this match actually was not, was how personal this match got, you know, you know, Johnny's wife was involved and one of the parts that I, 
thoroughly enjoyed was when Tommaso Ciampa took off Gargano's ring, yeah. spit on it, and then threw it in the crowd. I was like, oh, that that's a that's a dirty one. I'm sorry. That's that's crazy, you know? So I really liked that aspect and that they also incorporated the storyline into their match and that that was brought out. This was this was fun. It was a lot of different aspects. I liked that the second they started, you know, they had the crutches. They were ready to go. They're like, I'm going to kill you. And, and okay, as opposed to, because you were there at uh, NXT TakeOver WrestleMania, right? Yeah. The crowd in Chicago, thousand times better, right? They were in it from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. There were no, like, lull spots in, in, in the match, right? Yeah, like there definitely. was in New Orleans. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so great. Um, it was really cool that they got to do that match in Chicago in front of that crowd because there is no better crowd. And they took the hearts out of people. When, yeah. when, when Tommaso's on the stretcher, you're thinking, oh, my God, we're, we're feeling almost bad for Tommaso. And next thing you know, and thank God, I, I'm, I love seeing a DDT used as a finish again. That was brilliant. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, bam, on the wood, and then all of a sudden Tommaso wins. I think that was my favorite part was cutting up the ring and opening it, but then going and telling the backstory of, like, Last time when we were here at TakeOver, we fought over here, and I had to teach you a lesson. And, and just showing from their first encounters of, like, fighting at the announce table all the way to where you forgot about that they opened the ring up and the boards were exposed. And then right when he hits the DDT, you're like, oh, no, those are open boards. Oh, that's the finish? It, it was really good. I love the whole story. Yep. Yeah. Gargano's mistake. Led hey, so, so is there a better heel in wrestling than Ciampa? Did I say that right? Yeah, I always worry that I'm going to pronounce that wrong. No, because he carries that. Like, okay, he he, he he's in that character mm-hmm. even in the back, even when like I've interacted with him in in the, in the back, uh, he's in that heel character mode. Yeah, and and I dig that. No. It's like method acting, right? Yeah, yeah. No one's drawing that kind of vitriol for. No one is right now. It's brilliant. Yeah. And, they, I mean, we know we're being worked. At least I think. Mm. I don't know, it's actually. A, it's nice to is have Is he really, those. like, a, a, a big, giant piece of crap? No, every time I've met him, he's always been such a good dude. Okay. At PWG and his wife's amazing. And <laughs> I just He really embraces this like, kayfabe of he'll show, like, the shirt he wore mm-hmm. at TakeOver, and everyone's like, that's so awesome. He's like, yeah, you guys want it? Want it on WWE yeah. Shop? Nope. Yeah. Not gonna sell it because I'm a heel. Yeah, you know, and That's so like great. he, you know, when we were talking, like, okay, <laughs> what we're going to be talking to Kenny Omega about in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, about how do we Kiba tie K-Fate? this in, but not tie? Yeah, this in. about Kiba Kayfabe, like they do in <laughs> Japan. Even though people know business is a is a work, they still keep Kayfabe. And I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, this is kind of a uh, kind of along those lines. And I think the more people would take, uh, you know, like follow suit, like the better off they'll be on their own. Like you know, anyone that tries to, you know, use this as an example of how they should carry themselves, you know, on social media and outside the ring, just in general. It's really old school, yes. and that's what's great about NXT is, is they go back to the old school, and you yeah. have these, ah, oh, you can't get enough of it. Yeah. So, okay, that was an amazing show. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, I, you know, I said that about the last one. You get kind of used to having these great NXT shows. Um, what about what about Money in the Bank? 
So Money in the Bank, first of all, a lot of people were talking about how this is one of the, like, in terms of pay-per-views for this year, this yeah. pay-per-view was one of the most solid probably most people were very interested in. One of the things that I noticed personally about Money in the Bank that was different from past pay-per-views is that past pay-per-views, there were some matches where there was a lot of downtime. Yeah. Maybe you're like, okay, I'm not as into it, where there was different part, high, high and low points of the show versus Money in the Bank, which was something that kind of kept solid throughout the show, sustained its you know excitement throughout the show. Right. Even though it was over four hours. A little long. But great show. Isn't that how all pay-per-views are going to be now? Starting guess so. At four and going four hours. Yeah, I guess so. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm, look, I'm not going to consume a hundred percent of every pay-per-view out there now if they're going to be that long. Right. But um, I just want to talk about Ronda Rousey, and and what a uh, an amazing job she did in her singles match with with uh, <clears throat> excuse me. With Nia Jax. Sorry about that. You watched it closely. Uh, As, uh, you know, a performer of so many years, how, what are your thoughts of how far she's come along and, and how surprised were you in that match? She's better at the, at the things that, uh, that really count than people like... People have been in the business for a decade that are doing, that are like doing well in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like all the in between, when I talk about like the things that somebody should study, uh, like when they're watching somebody's match, it's not the moves; it's the things that are done in between the moves. It are the expressions on the face, like and and she, and and you have to stay in the moment to be able to do all those little things and 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 be able to be such a detail worker in there, and just like her emotions, like looking at her face in there, like. Uh, when she's selling, when she's when uh, she's getting beat up by Naya in there, um, um, you know, she it's just it's the level of detail involved in the selling is is one of the reasons why like like the match is is so great. Even though like okay, technically they're on all these amazing moves, which there shouldn't be with her, anyways. She has that thing where not a lot of wrestlers have this, obviously, and this is given to her past and et cetera, is that the audience is so enthralled with her. They love seeing Ronda. Yes. She captivates it where even she could be in the she could be in a match with the worst worker in the world, and you're still like wondering, like, what's Ronda gonna do next? Yeah. And the thing that you mentioned about her selling, it's impeccable, it's great. She made Nia Jax look like a million bucks. But one of the other moments that I captured was when she was gonna go up to the top rope. You mentioned her facial experience, yes. her, her facial expressions, and I remember thinking, like, okay, She's thinking about this. Like I felt like I was getting into Rhonda's yeah. mind where she was like, okay, I'm going to take this to the next level. I need to beat Nia Jax. I'm going to go up to the top rope. It, it, it was great. She made Nia look better than Nia's ever looked before. And if you watch when she actually starts making her big comeback, you know, towards the end of the match, watch how she does it. And she's not just waiting for, you know, for the next thing to do to Nia. She's into it in the moment and going, come on, Naya, and just all the little things that she does and firing up. So, it's so hard to teach that. Wow. So hard to teach that, and that is all the real money stuff. She's got it. Yes. And just the timing on her comeback um, and just, and oh, my God, that judo throw. Whew. 
And what about Monday night with Kurt's judo throw? I mean, yes. she continued it Monday, and man, was that a fire segment. Yeah, but the thing is, is Nia's got like 40 pounds on Kurt. So that's, that's um, true. It was even more, way more impressive. Like, when we think about it, like, like, like I've never heard them mention Nia's weight before, and I think that was, like, done on purpose this time to, for the, so just so you could see the, the, the size, yeah. dis, you know, yep. disparity in size there. Um, I don't know if we needed that, though, because they didn't announce Ronda's weight, did they? No. They you know? Didn't. So, uh, I don't know how much I think we needed to hear. Uh, you tell by you can tell by looking, for yeah. crying out loud. One of my favorite sells from the match at Money in the Bank was when she has her in the armbar and Nia picks her up and power bombs her. Yes. And Ronda like rolls and falls out of the ring. And I was so so happy with the sell because it looked so legit. Like if someone slammed you on the ground and yeah. you were trying to get your bearings back and standing up, you'd try and grab whatever to get back to your feet and the rope wasn't there and she just falls out of the ring. It was so believable. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's because she treats it like if it was an MMA fight? You know, obviously, it's so important, you know, wins and losses over there. So when she's there in the ring, she's not just playing pretend I'm a wrestler now. No, like, I'm going to take this seriously. Survival. you got to survive in the octagon. She's trying to survive in the ring. And I think that's why she has all these facials and things that Sean is pointing out, because she's so invested in the moment and is like, no, this is real to me. That's right. (laughs) And when, guess what? Everything else, like... We'll be there when you get there. You got to concentrate on the mo- being in the moment. And like, God, if if there's one thing I could I could uh, like really stress to guys guys and ladies out there in, in the ring is staying in the moment. You know, um, and I know it's hard to do that when we've got you know a million things planned. Sure, but you know, there's ways of ways of doing that. I'm not going to get into on here. Don't want to reveal get, all the secrets. No trade secrets. <laughs> yeah, intangibles go a long way. That's for sure. <clears throat> hey, did you guys notice my uh, my sweatpants? They look really comfortable. Yeah, these are from Mac Weldon, new sponsor. Yeah. I just got I just got my shipment in a couple of days ago, and uh, these are the most comfortable sweatpants, like legit, I've ever had. Nice. Yeah, and uh, and I'm wearing the underwear. I'll show you guys. Okay, got them. <laughs> Got him. Mac Weldon up. For those of you yeah. listening, you're going to want to turn into YouTube. These See are the one? most most legit, most comfortable pair of underwear I've, and the best-fitting underwear it's I've incredible. ever. It's incredible. i got to go to the website. Yeah. And uh, help me out here with this, Dad. I will gladly. You continue, and I'll so, help you out. Yeah, So, and, and this is Mac Weldon. And, uh, and shit. Basically, <laughs> like Sean just said, Mac yeah. Weldon is better than anything you're wearing right now. I'm wearing your basic – I'm not going to say the brand, but picture your basic brand underwear. That's what I'm wearing, and yeah. now I'm jealous because obviously Mac Weldon, they have a mission to make you as comfortable as possible, and you're living proof of it and right here's, now. Here's the thing is they gave – they gave some credit to to order all this stuff, and they, you know, they said, "Okay, you have." They gave me like enough money to order for two people, but I bogarted it all for myself. That <laughs> <Mad> boy, yeah. <laughs> so I got I got some socks, I got some underwear, I got these in, these incredible like uh, sweatpants, and I also. They also have antimicrobial underwear, which eliminate odor. They That's have right. simple shipping. They have any kind of clothing that you're really looking for, any kind of undergarments. And this backpack right here. Boom. That, that I, backpack looks awesome. It is awesome. And it's 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 really neat. It's not like, you know, it doesn't, it, it's it's just really sharp and uh, and not like overly like, 
You know, it's not gaudy. Like, you can wear it with anything. Sure. You know? And it looks really compact, and it has all the pockets you need. It has a laptop pocket. It has a bigger pocket. And Mac Weldon makes it clear, no matter what you're doing, Mac Weldon has undergarments for you. Whether you want to work out, whether you have to go to work, whether you're just traveling, it doesn't matter what it is. It's going to be comfortable for you. And, Sean, I believe we have a we, special... Yeah, we have like a... We actually have a promo code. There and we like go. People can order uh, from MacWeldon.com, and uh, it's MacWeldon.com slash XPOC. Mm-hmm. Do you need me to spell that? I believe I'll say it one more time. <laughs> Mac Weldon, M A C K W E L D O N dot com slash X Pac. Yeah. And uh and here's the thing. Uh, I'm really grateful to have Mac Weldon as a sponsor. And uh for all the listeners out there, uh if you buy something from Mac Weldon uh and you show me a uh, like a proof of purchase a receipt like I'm not sure how we're gonna do that Jimbo. Don't send a picture of your underwear. Probably. We'll definitely have them like tweet us or you can yeah. email us at xpoc one two three sixty show. But show us that you actually purchased an item from yeah. Mac Weldon. Show us the package. Hold the package yes. up. You get in the mail. And if you do that, I'll send you an autograph picture. Boom. Nice. Yeah. That's sweet. It's a win win. Yeah. You get an autograph from XPOC himself. And if you go to MacWeldon.com slash XPOC, you're gonna get a great deal. That's right. That's MacWeldon, M A C K W E L D O N dot com slash XPOC. X P A C. Legit, man, this is the best like like the the socks, they're great. Okay. The underwear, they're great. Everything's great. I love it. So and make it please happen. yeah, it's look, you know, I don't do, we haven't had a, a ton of sponsors, and, you know, people, like, don't want to, you know, they, you know, we, we need you guys to support our sponsors. <laughs> yes. Is what I'm trying to say. Yes. So please do, and I'm happy to send you an autograph picture if you do. I'll be going today. So that's MacWeldon.com slash XPOC. Thank you, Mac Weldon. Of course. Awesome to have you as a sponsor. That was a little bit rough, but we got it done. We Thank nailed you. it. No problem. So uh, <laughs> moving on, should we go into our break and then yeah. come back with the IWGP heavyweight champion? Yeah, we'll be right back. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. I'm honored to be joined right now by the new IWGP world heavyweight champion, Kenny Omega. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, thank you everyone for having me. Oh my god, man. For a second time. Yeah, no, I thank you so much for coming back on. I mean I was it was great the first time uh we had you on. It's probably been like almost a year now, I think. But uh It has been, yeah. Yeah. Um the, the one of the highest rated episodes we've ever had, Kenny. So I'm very grateful. I didn't know for that. that. Oh <laughs> thank you so much. I think I neck right next to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. Jeez, well, I'm in good company then. Yeah, really good company. Hey, man, uh, Kenny, I, I just want to, before we go into other stuff, I just want to talk about that match you just had with Okada. Uh, I, okay, a lot of people like will say, okay, this match had this many stars. It's the greatest match of all time. Man, it's hard to argue with that stuff, honestly. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, no, I mean, I just be honest, Kenny. I watched, I watched the whole thing, and uh, and I was, I was, um, I was really, really impressed with how you guys laid that out. Uh, two out of three falls. It went like 70, 70 minutes, well over an hour. It was, yeah, it was the thing was sixty four minutes and fifty seconds. The only reason why I know that's because 
all of the the Japanese media is, is very conscientious about the time, and oh, yeah. they've told it to me a million times over. So now it's actually implanted in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how how about that? Like when you when you man, I I, I don't want to like have you giving up trade secrets or like show everyone how the sausage is made or however you want to put it. But <laughs> yeah. but like what goes into putting uh, putting a two out of three fall match? Well, just let's say three fall match you know, right. uh, together like that and pacing it and, you know, deciding how, you know, you know, deciding who's going to win the first fall. Even that's a very important thing. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, a lot of thought and care went into all of that stuff. And it's not just, um, you know, okay, what, what moves are we going to do? What are the finishes going to be? Of course, that's all part of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's what story do we tell that complements the other three matches that we've done. Right. What story do we tell that leaves something open for a possible fifth match? Because even though we were never told that there's going to be a fifth match, I have a feeling there's going to be a fifth match. So I didn't want to blow everything in that match, and I wanted to leave it so that there is going to be another one. And I also still wanted to make it sort of based in reality where this is sort of the be-all, end-all, and the match that decides which one of us is superior for at least this point in time. Right. But I didn't feel like we had to overkill anything, if that makes sense. Sure. And um, it's there are so many factors that go into it now that you mentioned. Yeah, and I, I've really tried to carefully consider them all. Um, you know, the, the story surrounding the match, the story within the match, the story that happens before, the story that happens after. Um, how do you kind of... Uh, save your stamina throughout the falls and what should the falls look like how do you make each of the three falls stand out from one another and again what if you with the first fall does that blow the finish or does that does that leave did you blow too much in the first fall so the next one's not going to be exciting or and you know following up on that is the third fall not going to be exciting because you did too much in the first (laughs) and second fall there's so much to go over and I wanted each fall um, to look different enough from one another so that it did really look like three different matches. And I wanted all of the matches to make both of us look look good. I wanted them to highlight um, our strengths as, as performers. And I also wanted this chance to um, not only kind of have callbacks to the other matches that everyone enjoyed, but to kind of also bring something new to the table. And there's some new stuff that we can definitely play off of for, you know, Kenny Okada 5 whenever it happens. Sure. Hey, when you, you something you just said there, uh, it kind of stuck. It it, it uh, resonated with me. You were talking about like, you know, not overkilling and and you know having something for, you know, for a possible fifth match. Uh, I always like when I would put stuff together and people would say, oh, maybe save that for the next time. I'm like, don't worry, I can come up with something for the next time too. <laughs> right. I never right, yeah. had a problem with that. Yeah. So the thing is here, I had so many great ideas. Yeah. And I, without spoiling anything, at the end of the day, there were two big ideas that I thought were better being built towards from this match rather than just blowing them in this match just to right. kind of secure to kind of to secure a seven star match. You know what I mean? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, right? I like do. there are certain things where it's like this is such a good idea, like, people, that that's it. Like, if we do this in this match, people are going to love it. You know, there's, I had more moments like that in my mind, but I was thinking, wow, we could actually lay the groundwork for this idea with this match so that when we finally do do it, it's going to mean even more. Yeah. 
Um, not to say that I'm running low on ideas for Okada myself, but I mean, man, we did that match three times in one year. Um, you know, we did it the, the one time this year in a best two out of three fall, so it's kind of like we did it three times already. Yeah. And there's a chance we might do it again. I don't know, but um, it's I, I want to definitely have every experience fresh for everyone, for rather sure. than like recycled stuff. You know, for sure. And I uh, I'm I have a lot of faith in you not having uh, any problem coming up with new new and fresh stuff uh, for your match with <laughs> Okada <laughs> coming up if it happens. But go ahead. Hey, you guys, okay. I want you guys to so, okay. chime in Speaking on this. Speaking of new and fresh and keeping up with all these ideas and whatnot, do you feel any pressure having to follow Okada's, you know, legendary reign? Uh, no. Um, be, I, I would feel pressure if there was the pressure to be a textbook wrestler, uh, to, be a textbook, to, to be a textbook wrestler and have a textbook wrestler-ish run. Um, Okada had that covered completely and he had done things that no one else could really ever do it was one of the greatest title runs of all time um luckily i'm kind of not the conventional wrestler and a lot of my matches don't visually appear similar to one another so my hope is to kind of have a very original looking title run where i'm digging deeper into everyone's character and kind of adding layers to the people i work with um so that way all of the defenses look different from one another. The matches themselves may even be different or original or whatever. Um, I So I don't feel like I have to fill Okada's shoes, if that makes sense. Um, you know, there will be, I'm sure there's going to be people who their their character or their, their strengths are to perform in a classical wrestling way. And if that's the case, that's what I'll do. And then we'll have that kind of match. But I think that with our roster as deep as it is and the people I'll be working with, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, and I'd rather highlight those and then kind of add an original flair to it, different from the other kind of um, champions that we've had in the past, so that even though people may not prefer my run over Okada's, I want them to kind of recognize it as something original and well, unique. Well, speaking of and, ho and hopefully enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of Okada's, you know, reign ending, I was telling you a little bit before this show started was that one of the things that, you know, after you won, like, yeah, we were so happy for you, right? But at the same time, like, Okada was such a great champion that you couldn't help but to sympathize for him and having him being carried out was just so dramatic. How did that feel for you and when you finally won the title? Yeah, so the, the way that we tried to structure this entire thing, or, I mean... It, it really took a life of its own after the Tokido match. I purposely sort of, you know, blew the tank in that match because I wasn't sure if I'd ever have the stage to have main event in, in Tokido ever again. So I really wanted to kind of put my best foot forward in a losing effort and go down in a blaze of glory. And because of that, I guess because of the way things have worked out and just sort of our natural chemistry together, it allowed for us to go back to that match to revisit it and it kind of became sort of a sportsman's feud where it wasn't so much about, you know, it's Team Chaos versus Team Bullet Club or Heel versus Baby. It was more like, you know, two natural athletes that are trying to one-up each other. And I think that's why at the end of the day, whoever loses is going to just barely lose, and you can't help but feel sorry for them. Yeah, absolutely. 
I have a question. Uh, obviously, everything's already been said about the match. 64 minutes, 50 seconds, your heart, your sweat, your blood, your tears. But four days afterwards, you became the Street Fighter World Champion, and that took a life <laughs> of its own. I mean, you had WWE promoting this match with Xavier yep. Woods and the New Day. What, how did that feel? Was that a surprise to you? Uh, the amount of support that I had from their side was certainly surprising. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for it. We really went out and tried to do something new. Just like I was talking to you about before, I mean, of any of my defenses coming up, I really want them to be new and unique. I could easily just take this belt, you know, come up with some kind of formula and a pattern for every match. I could, um, do, you know, take as many bookings in a schedule as, as possible and just kind of take a very wrestler approach to it but i don't think by doing that the name brand of new japan pro wrestling and kenny omega it doesn't expand at all by that and i really think that we need to get out and explore other options as to how to make wrestling fun and cool again and how to kind of introduce what we do to a brand new audience and you know gaming was a way to do that and um you know the new day they they have well especially um austin creed xavier woods himself he has that really popular YouTube gaming channel, and he's always involved in anything gaming. And we sort of have the video gaming rivalry because we can't have an in-ring rivalry, being part of two different companies. And um, just the the way that the worlds came together for that event, and to have the blessing of both companies and the support of both companies, overwhelming support by WWE, um, I thought was really cool. And um, sure, you could say at the end of the day it was just a video game, but it, it's a possible big game changer we broke a lot of records with just that event alone and um i think it, it goes to show that that all these companies and all these wrestlers we can we can play nice with each other and it is entertaining and that's the type of involvement as champion that i want to have those are the kind of statements i want to make um not just by being in a ring and doing a house show you know this place and, and that place and the other i want to get out and do something anything that i do i want it to have a very positive effect on the industry and our, our company and, and my brand. How terrible yeah. was eating that pepper? Oh, it's brutal because I'm not really good at the spicy food to begin with, <laughs> and I wasn't sure what to expect. And, um, you know, obviously it doesn't hit you at first, but when it does hit you, it hits you hard. And I was talking to Xavier after, and he's like, I don't know what happened, what kind of batch I was, but I've done this a bunch of times before, and this is the worst I've ever been by far. He was almost in need of, like, Medical Real medical attention. care. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm, you I'm glad ate, I didn't overdo it. Would you have ate all three peppers if you had to? If you have lost? Yes. Oh, of course, of course. It's just that's you just have you have to if you have to. Right. I'm glad Xavier called it off. And um, yeah, but I was I was ready to bite the bullet if we really needed to. And I'm I'm of course at the end of the day I'm glad I didn't. I but my second one I made sure to take a, a real small one so I was. I was already prepared. Hey, so Kenny, what do you uh, what do you make of uh, WWE uh, featuring like one of your old deep oh, South? your match versus Crew Jones? Yeah, right. Uh, for me, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny. It, I mean, I didn't really have too many Deep South Wrestling television matches for, so they probably had to dig pretty deep to find that in the archives. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm totally cool with it. I thought it was cool that it was a feature and. Um, it was even interesting for me to see because I remember at that time, you know, just uh, I learned so much. But I remember that as I was learning and sort of um, kind of developing a mental s strength 
that I didn't have going into Deep South Wrestling, I remembered always being sort of very disappointed as to what I could um, display in my matches on, on TV or otherwise. Uh, so I didn't see the match. Uh, I do remember that crew was real fun to work with. But, um, yeah, I mean, if people enjoyed it or whatever, I mean, I'm I'm happy. I think it's funny. It's always – I never really enjoyed any of my stuff until about the year 2010 anyway. Mm-hmm. So to go back that far, it's like, you know, it's taken with a grain of salt. Like, of course, it's going to be embarrassing. I looked at I, – when I saw it, I was like, okay, now I remember you being in developmental. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because it was just – you looked so uh, different. I mean, even though you could tell the same person, I mean – you know, your look has, has evolved so much since then. But, hey, Annie, like, there was this one spot you did where there was a drop-down involved. And the way you did the drop-down was one of the sweetest drop-downs I've ever seen in my life. Because I'm not a huge fan of dropping down these days. Like, and, yeah. and just it was the way you did it. It was. So, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about, right? I think it was. I, I might have done the old. Um, like a leapfrog. Two then... scor- the two cold Scorpio drop down where you jump high up in the air so the guy has to actually literally jump over your drop down. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Yeah, and you showed a lot. And like, even back then, you sh- like you showed a lot of power. Like, you showed that you had a lot more strength than people uh, like pe- probably figured by looking at you. It's, it's like, it's pretty impressive diamond in the rough stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun, fun uh, journey back to the old days, you know? Are there yeah. any other promos or matches from Deep South that you would like to see in the network? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of real wacky promos. I'm not sure which actually made the cut to TV or not or which were saved or what have you. But I remember that I, I always had um, some pretty decent stuff against Sonny Siaki. Oh, yeah. So we usually, yeah, we kind of usually lent more towards, like, the the explosive, exciting style in the ring together rather than, you know, what was mostly on their TV. So I remember that working with him was always kind of a fun change of pace. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this, like, uh, like the... The like the WWE was uh, was supportive of your of your the video game stuff with New Day and, and all that, and they're showing the you know the, the stuff with you on, on on the network. You think they might want to sign you? You think that might have something to do with it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe putting the cart before the horse, but. Uh, you know, there's a chance that someone like me might be able to make their company some money. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <just> maybe. <laughs> hey, uh, Denise, real quick, let's talk about, because you have all the specifics uh, there. Let's talk about uh, June 29th and, and the event that Kenny has coming up. Well, yeah. So, Kenny, I wanted to ask you, you have yeah. an event coming up, obviously, in, conjun- in conjunction with CEO Gaming June 29th in Daytona Beach. Uh, I know you're putting it together, promoting. How has that been? How, what has the experience been like? And what have you learned from it? Yeah, so I mean, uh, I've had my own produce shows before um, in Japan, and putting those together was always fun, and I've always sort of made them a very original viewing experience, and I really wanted the chance to do that um, in America or Canada or, or wherever. I just wanted to, I wanted to do more things like that, and I was glad to have the opportunity to do this, and that uh, Alex Trebelli, the promoter of CEO Gaming, was on board. It's something we, that we discussed for maybe three years already. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a, a certain amount of rules and guidelines you have to follow when you we add the New Japan banner to it. Um, but I really do think that we are adding a very original flair to the show that is going to look familiar to New Japan fans, 
but is also going to be something that you haven't really seen before because it's going to have that sort of, um, you know, world-class gaming sort of, um, you know, gaming production quality to it. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to seem familiar to both sides. If you've ever watched like a world championships of, uh, of an actual video game, the way that it's filmed and the way that it, that it looks, the aesthetic yeah. is, is going to, it's, it's a little different from what wrestling looks like, but it's still top class and, and top shelf. And I wanted to really kind of make that a marriage of, of both worlds so that, you know, gaming fans that are also pro wrestling fans can see something familiar from both sides and, um, and vice versa. And who, uh, can you give us a list of any of the talent that's going to be on the show? Yeah, certainly. So I'll be in the main event. Um, we'll be doing a tag. It'll be myself and Ibushi, the Golden Lovers, oh, against yeah. LIJ members, Tetsuya Naito and Hiromu. And um, there will also be a singles match between uh, Rocky Romero and Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, wow. Nice. I'm really excited to watch. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Wow. Uh, uh, some uh, a really new talent, not, not to the indie scene, but to New Japan. Um, I'm really happy to get the clearance to use them. Jeff Cobb. He's oh, going to be having a singles match. Yeah, he's going to be having a singles match against um, fellow Bullet Club brother Chase Owens. And um, I'm really happy to see him in more of a singles role. He's got a lot he can show. And I think it's going to be a great match. We got um, Rapongi 3K as well. And they're going to be facing Taguchi and Dragon Lee, another, hmm. another guy that I was happy to bring over and happy that we could get clearance to bring over. So he has a real exciting style. Um, Taguchi is just a great a great wrestler, but also a great comedy wrestler. So he's he's got a very unique um, look to his matches. And, you know, Rapongi 3K, um, you know, they've got a, also another great look, a great young junior tag team. And I think uh, one of those guys is also a huge video game fan, which is a motivation for me to bring him out there. He's a avid DDR player, so he wants to enter a side tournament there. So wow. that, that sort of sold me on the idea of bringing him. Um, aside from that, we have um, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and T, and they are going up against Juice Robinson and David Finley. Oh, nice. Man. Yeah. yeah. So on top of that, we have uh, a, I don't believe it's been decided as of yet, but we have a normal dark match um, with some local talent. And uh, I'm also bringing my friend from Thailand, my friend from way back in the day in DDT, his name is Mike, Michael Nakazawa, and he's going to be doing an open challenge in the second dark match before we kick off the actual New Japan section of the show. And that's going to be real fun because I've been wanting to show how entertaining this guy is forever. So cool. it's going to be something to see for sure. Well, it sounds like definitely a jam-packed show. And another jam-packed show that we just found out more details about is the G1 Climax. And I wanted to touch base on, you know, just mention uh, the Golden Lovers. What I want to know is you're going to go up against Kota Ibushi. Do you think that it's too soon, or how is this going to play out? I real, I mean, both of us think it's too soon. Both of us really had it in our minds that I, we don't want to revisit it unless it's the Tokyo Dome. Um, because we get sort of too crazy with one another, yeah, and we push each other's limits too far, and it's it's scary, <laughs> especially Ibushi. And then I always feel sort of like I, I can't be in this guy's shadow, so I have to kind of meet his his craziness, and that just kind of creates this endless circle of one-upsmanship. Um, but that, I mean, that was back in the day. I mean, the first time we did a, a crazy match together was 2008. And then the next time we did in 2012, and I, I remember that after that 2012 match, 
we'd sort of made a vow to each other, like, hey, we, we went too far. We did too much stupid stuff. Like, if we ever do this again, we have to calm down and we have to, we have to, um, you know, come up with a way so we can survive this thing. So um, have you made it? Have you made it known to the powers that be that you guys uh, think it's too soon? Yes, I have, and you know there are a lot of to- times when I can sort of veto situations yeah. like that. But this is a chance where they. This is a sorry. This is a moment where they're both kind of like, you know, the two bookers are like, oh please, 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 and then, you know they're bowing and begging for you to let it happen. Yeah. They're like oh man, at the very least, there's kind of the the history where. The first time we head back to Budokan, and the first time that there's been wrestling in Budokan was since the 2012 days. So it's kind of, I don't know, there's sort of that, that inner hidden meaning behind it where, wow, the last time there was a main event here at Budokan, it was Ibushi and Kenny. So there's that cool little layer to it. Yeah. Hey, hey Kenny, do you have a list of, uh, of uh, opponents you'd like to uh, see challenge for the IWGP title? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I'd love to, I mean, it's going to sound so boring probably, but like, I would love to wrestle Naito in a, in a, in an actual, you know, championship capacity rather than just G1. Right. Um, I'd love to wrestle Tanahashi Hmm. because I feel that he, he, you know, he was sort of always sort of the, the protected ace of the company and. You know, he's getting run down and beaten down, and he knows that he's sort of on his way out of being the top four guy. Right. Uh, and I, I really want to have sort of a special moment with him, if it's possible. And I know he kind of hates me in real life, so... Wow, really? There's going to be that, there's gonna be that like... No, it's just, it's just like a professional jealousy thing. Okay. That's all it is. Sure. <laughs> Not actually hates me, hates me. You know, I love him, but but we love, we love to hate each other as well because they have very different views on wrestling. Gotcha. Well, wow. Kenny, I watched an old interview you did in 2014 on High Spots, and you talk about your goals in uh, professional wrestling. And your goal back then was to be an established Japanese wrestler, not just a foreigner wrestling in Japan. When do you think you met that goal? Sorry, what was that? So you talk about how your goal back in 2014 was to be an, estab- an established Japanese wrestler in Japan, not just a foreigner wrestling in Japan. Right. Yep. When do you feel you met that goal? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I. <laughs> it's hard to say that I haven't. I've, I've made not only Japan a place that I wrestle full time, but it's also kind of my my home. I'm. I actually have to say I'm a resident of Japan. I pay all my taxes in Japan now. I. I it's. It's really become sort of my my home for everything, not just, not just my wrestling. So it's cool to sort of feel like, you know, I I am a full timer there. And I sort of, the company kind of counts on me for this worldwide expansion as well. So to shoulder that responsibility also makes me really feel like I'm I'm part of the team. So hey, so Kenny, when when you say you're a resident of Japan, is your address the Keio Plaza, or do you have your own like do you have like a your own f- flat there now? Oh no, yeah, I have a you know I'm, I have a room out there. So yeah, I'm actually yeah I'm not living in the dojo or anything. I, I had to have a room. So, is it, is yeah, it at the, is it at the a, Keo Plaza with all the guys you? No, 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 no. <laughs> those guys all stay in, in the hotels, and they're there just for right when the tour starts, and they're gone right when it ends. Right. Um, for for me, I I'll usually have extra stuff. Yeah. That's tacked on to what I do. So, for example, like I did four commercials last tour. So, 
you know, I, that takes up a full day for every shoot. Sure. And, you know, with a, with a big title match coming, they're going to want a lot of media, so I have to do these other production stuff and a lot of interviews and all that. So there's a lot of things that that I do on the side and, and extra stuff that it really requires that extra time. And you already mentioned about, you know, giving the title and, and New Japan worldwide exposure. You did that at E3. You're going to do it June 29th in Daytona Beach. Two-part question. Number one, can people tune in? Is there an iPay-per-view for June 29th, the broadcast? And secondly, have you had time to think about headlining the Cow Palace in just a few weeks? Uh, there, yes, there is definitely going to be a way to watch June 29th. It's going to be streamed for free on Twitch, I believe. Wow. And, yeah, I mean, I, I really want everyone to see it. I want as many new eyes on the product as possible. And I want it to be a great experience for people that can't make it. So it will be available. Um, and for Cow Palace, I mean, I've, I've put some preliminary thought into it. But I definitely like to take things one step at a time. And, um, you know, first things first, Daytona Beach. And there's still, I mean, that's June 29th. So I have a full week and then some to come up with, you know, everything with the Cody match and beyond. And um, I'm sort of looking forward to kind of, taking the next couple of days after that um you know there's going to be promotional stuff and all that that i have to do uh with the gaming convention because i'm also heavily involved with that too but after that's done i still have a couple of days just to hang out at the beach and clear my mind and come up with what should the business of this match be well, oh, sorry. Touching on your Cody on your Cody Rhodes match, I want to know. So during WrestleMania week, you guys had a killer match at Ring of Honor. I was on the edge of my seat watching that. And now again at the Cal Palace, what has your experience been like working with Cody? Well, the the bulk of it has been on being the elite show, and it's been nothing but super fun. I mean, Cody is a great actor, and I think that um, the tools that I love to work with with Cody is that he has some of the, the best facials in wrestling. And his selling is very good. Um, and any chance that he has to talk, he always nails out of the park. So I hope that there's a lot of opportunity for him to build this match with his voice as well and to tell sort of the human side of the story. Um, uh, you know, a lot of guys, um, especially nowadays, it's like, what do you have to work with? What's your best sort of feature? And it's usually, well, I'm athletic, or I can do this flip, I can do this, I can do that. And it's something very physical and physical only. Um, Cody has a very sort of cerebral approach to everything, and that's a lot of fun for me to work with. Well, also at E3, you got to see your first ever Funko Pop. What was that experience? Yeah. I mean, I had seen the concept art and all that and how it would, you know, generally look. But to see it in person, it looks so much better in person. It's, it, they did a really good job with it, so I, I can't wait till it's released. I think it comes out today, and it's up for pre-order. Oh wow! Okay, well that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so get them a soon. Ain't Kenny? Uh, I uh, pretty sad news today uh, when I woke up this morning. Like former IWGP Heavyweight Champion himself, uh, uh, Leon White, Big Van Vader passed away. Do you have any uh, any thoughts on that? And memories of uh, of Leon? Yeah, I mean, terrible news. I was absolutely shocked when it happened, especially since he just gotten through that crazy um surgery yeah. where it, you know it's just miraculous that he he got through it all and um yeah it's just, it's just you can never be prepared for news like that um but luckily uh the, all the memories i have of, of vader when i had met him in person they're all really really pleasant he was always a very pleasant individual um he was actually the reason i was able to get my first work visa in japan wow. because he had a promotion in um 
in in Japan for a moment in time where he was running shows every three, four months. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to legally work in Japan until actually signing with New Japan. So it was mostly mostly because of Vader, I was able to legally wrestle and make money in Japan. I was wondering if you uh, ever thought about how what kind of match you would have had with him. Oh, man, yeah. It's funny you ask that because I had seen that Will Ospreay had sort of had heated words with Vader yeah. because of one of the matches that they had. And I thought, like, man... That sucks. I wish you know Vader could have attacked me and we could have had a match because I really thought that we could have had an awesome match. Like, I, 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 I love the idea of having very visually different kinds of matches with people, and I feel like I've yet to kind of have, you know, the huge like, you know, bit, little man big man match yeah. where it's just a complete mismatch, and the idea of those are always very fun. And unfortunately, I just don't. We don't have talent like that in New Japan where someone's just so massively enormous where you, you play that role. Um, so Vader could have been just perfect opportunity for that and it's it's unfortunate he would have been a, a real dream opponent. I would love to see you in, in matches like that, Kenny, because I mean look, people always like when they would ask me like, you know, dream matches, they would always talk about other guys that work the same style as me or you or I, you know, I mean because you know this the smaller man style, and I was always like into working the big man, the David and Goliath style matches. I just exactly. think they're so yeah, intriguing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're such a powerful guy. Like I think you could really shock a lot of people with the things you could do in there with some of these guys. There's nobody in New Japan, right? Like that that you have your eye on that uh, are 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 that's bigger like that that might. Uh, I mean, we have years? we have Fale, but yeah. Fale is is a Bullet Club guy, so right. it's like mm-hmm. we we couldn't really, you know, we 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 rarely mix together. I mean, unless it's like a, a weird tournament draw. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that that could be really fun. We used to use a guy who was enormous. His name was Strongman. So oh yeah, completely... I remember him. I was in Mexico yeah, so, with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he would have been super fun to work with. Um, but yeah, like we don't have anyone like you know Giant Gonzalez or, or Braun Strowman. Oh so. yeah, no, 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 <laughs> too much. But is there anything like Kenny? I'm I'm really grateful. You, uh, you know, obviously I've told you off air how gracious I think you are with your time. Uh, so we're gonna like wrap it up pretty soon here. So like let's cool. let's go one one last round to get get sure. all some, some well, important after stuff you out of the way. The title at Dominion. You and Matt Jackson had a moment before you got the title from the referee. What was said between you and him in that moment? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's funny. We'd created this storyline um, where we would all kind of go splitsville, and we really pushed it to the extreme where we wouldn't be seen in public. We would only talk to each other in private. Um, in the BT storyline, we were never in any scenes together. And the only actual sort of physical altercation we ended up having was the match at, at uh, Long Beach. Um, so we sort of worked ourselves into a shoot brother where, <laughs> where we were sort of actually forced to live out this lie where we were at odds with each other. So for us to finally kind of come together and, and in Japan too, it's another thing to mention. It's really kayfabe out there. Like you can't just go out to a restaurant after the show because, Hey, it's not the show anymore. You have to continue. You have to, you have to keep face and stay true to the angles. So we couldn't even hang out before shows, after shows, nothing like that, unless it was in private. And usually, you know, I'm always tied up with whatever um, after the shows of media and all that. So even like after the shows in, a, in a, like a just hanging out in a room, like wasn't an, like it, it was wasn't even an option. 
or after a show, like they're already getting kind of sent back to the nearest airport because they have to take a flight to the next ROH show. Like, just, we never saw each other. So for us to finally come together and, and have that as like our first moment where it's like, yes, it's okay to be friends again, it was really emotional. Wow. Well, my last question for you, Kenny, is actually a two-part question. So going back to the G1, I want to know, you know, for most of the names that have been announced are, you know, New Japan regulars. Do you think that yep. the tournament would have benefited from some outside, you know, from some other guys from j other Japanese promotions? And then my second part to you is, is there somebody outside from outside New Japan that you would like to face? Um, I mean, uh, for me, it's always exciting to have this that sort of dark horse or the the unknown factor come into the G1 and then have them just be just a just a, a, a real cool sort of you know wow I had no idea the town like this existed outside of these walls and usually we do have you know the one or two entrants that sort of add that to the tournament and in the the best of super juniors we have that too but now it's just like we have so many guys that you know to give up one or two spots just to um someone from the outside you know someone's going to take someone's going to take it personally and then someone's losing out on work so it's almost like we have to use our our full-time contracted guys but i i always love having the outsiders come in i th always think it's important i think it's cool i think it adds a, a brand new layer and gives people excited to see the the, the, the brand new original matchups that you would never get to see on, an, on a normal basis so i mean maybe missed opportunity i don't know i still think it's going to be great but I mean, I, I, if I was the booker, I would have probably called in somebody. Um, as for outside New Japan talent, um, I mean, I generally think for Japanese guys, we really do have most of the best guys available. <laughs> if there's an opportunity to face anyone outside of New Japan, um, and we're talking about domestic Japanese talent, um, there was one person that never had an opportunity to wrestle when I was in DDT, and this is going back, like, years already but he's really good and he's kind of blown up on in every promotion aside from new japan and his name is suji shikawa he's a real big guy and um real good he's he has a very good um he's, he's able to get into that sort of main event gear so all of his uh, main events are, are really exciting to watch and um i think that if there's a chance for him to do anything with new japan i'm sure it would be pretty exciting as well so if you guys don't know who he is, he's uh, he's worth looking up, I would say. Kenny, there's something you said uh, a few minutes ago that sure. I wanted to touch on, and you're you're, you're mentioning how kayfabe works in Japan. Now, yep. uh, now, um, it's not that the general public over there thinks everything's a shoot, right? No, that's not that. They just uh, they really appreciate being able to suspend their disbelief with anything pro wrestling, and. And it doesn't, and, and I just, I think that, um, okay, I just think that we could do that here a little bit more. I agree. I mean, it's not hard, no. really, you know. I mean, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, like, okay, you don't get to travel with your friends or this or that. and Right. You know, you don't get to go out and hang out at the, you know, Korean barbecue afterwards or, but. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I really think that's a big part of why things are, uh, are, are, healthy and uh, wrestling's healthy in japan again right now no i can totally agree i mean and that was part of the uh, i would say it was a big part of kind of what made the story between myself and jericho so cool it was that we really blurred the lines yeah and when we were doing our things there i mean they'd never really seen stuff like that 
I mean, something as simple as just a, a, a press conference brawl. Yeah. They hadn't seen that in years. And it's just so simple and so, like, really old school. But when you have them convinced that you're really fighting the guy, it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I, I just wanted to I just wanted to bring that up because you mentioned it and then it got glossed over because I had a brain fart. I was gonna ask you about that as soon as you mentioned <laughs> no worries. it. But yeah, no, I think it's I I think that's great and I and it would be nice if uh if we could start doing that here a little bit more. Like I don't think that it's too late to like you we can we can go in reverse a little bit and, and you know and you know like Push the, you know, close the curtain again a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think. No, I agree. It wouldn't be tough, and it just takes. All it takes is just a, you know, small steps, right? I yeah. mean, you. Uh, as as soon as maybe, you know, at first it's just your one big main event match, and then you know you start adding in the other storyline yeah. matches to that to that fold. And I don't think everyone has to be, you know, in a blood feud or at odds with each other, but I think the matches that you really want to be taken seriously. Yeah, I mean it would it would help for for that layer of realism to be added to the fold. Absolutely, and that's all I, I wanted to bring up. And and if we're gonna let you go, but is there any last things that you guys want to add? I just want to say, you know, I think t- they say timing is everything. I think you becoming the IWGP champion, the timing really is perfect. You know, not just the E3 and not just the Cow Palace. I think you becoming champion, it's really a testament to not only you as a performer, but as an individual. You talk about wanting to grow the brand. There's nobody that can grow the brand like you, and I, I think the next year and, and beyond is going to be incredible for New Japan with you holding that title. So just congratulations uh, from, from all of us. Definitely. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, ditto. I'll try my best. Yeah. Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate you coming on, man. It's an honor to have you on the show, and, uh, and um, just – Congratulations, man. You deserve everything and more. Thank you so much. Thanks, uh, for, and thanks for having me, guys. No, thank, thank you. Thank man. you. Have an awesome thanks rest of your day, me. my friend. All right, see you guys. All right, Kenny Goodbye, Omega. Man. Good night. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> nice. right. Cool. We're going to take wanna... a break right now. We're going to come back. All right, we're back, and want to thank Kenny Omega again. I really appreciate him uh, taking this valuable free time to come on our show, and uh, and thank you guys for helping me out with uh, with the interview for coming up with some of the you know all the little details that I'm not aware of. Hey, it's always great being here, and, and Kenny is the man. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Jimbo, before we go, let's uh, let's tell everyone. Where I'm going to be this weekend. Well, this weekend you'll be in Des Moines, Iowa for Impact Pro uh, Saturday the 23rd. It's a free show, so definitely if you're in the area, go check it out. Uh, information at Facebook.com slash Impact Pro Wrestling or Impact Pro Wrestling.com. Not to be confused with Impact Pro Wrestling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wonder if that's helped or hurt. They're kind of All right. Well, hey, thanks again, you guys. Thank I, you. I, and, and lady. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, uh, and thanks to everyone that tunes in every week. Um, really grateful to everyone out there, and we'll see you right here next week on Xbox One Two Three Sixty.
from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, Christy Olson, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at the Real Xbox and email us at xbox12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.